Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. All right, well, let's get into today's message. I got a message for us. Did you bring a Bible with you? If you don't have a Bible, you can use your Bible app, or we have the study guide, a hope study guide that we had at the front. That's full of scriptures, especially for our message today. So this is something we do every Sunday on this campus. We do a Bible declaration, but it's a prayer. Make it yours, not just mine. If you want to sit out this time, you can, and you can jump in next time. But let's hold up our Bibles, and let's say this together. You ready? You ready? Let's read. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And may you overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not on the screen, but that's Romans 15, 13, I'm pretty sure. And I just wanted to kind of start with that and kind of shake you up and wake you up with me because God is the source of real Bible hope. And not only that, but it says that God's desire for you is that real Bible hope would overflow or abound in your life. And the tagline there, it says that that happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just like this fake it till you make it. It's not just this secular or worldly idea of hope. This is a hope that comes from heaven. This is a hope that initiates with God. And today, we're finishing up a four-week series that we've been on called Hope, an Anchor for the Soul. And it's so important that we kind of refresh ourselves with faith and love and hope, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, because um, we want to step into and fulfill everything that God has for us as individuals and as a church family. And it's really difficult, if I can say impossible, apart from this love that God gives us and us understanding what that is and this faith that comes to life in a relationship with Jesus and this Bible kind of hope. And so we want to refresh ourselves in what the Bible says about these things. Now, those of you that were with us, you might remember on week one, we talked about anchored hope. There's a difference between Anchored hope and unanchored hope. Unanchored hope is like wishful thinking. That's like the world's perspective of hope. Like, I hope the Panthers go to the Super Bowl. How many know that's wishful thinking? Amen? Or I hope I win the lottery. Somebody won $1.2 billion or something in Illinois, right? But, but you know, that's wishful thinking. Or Listen, let me, let me just get real, okay? I hope my marriage works out. See, If that's not anchored to Jesus, that's wishful thinking. 
And so we've been talking about this Bible hope, this hope that will ground you, that will steady you, that will anchor you. Think about an anchor in a ship, an anchor so you don't drift, an anchor so you don't wreck during a storm. How many know we have storms in life? How many know the enemy wants to cause us to drift? So we need to come back to real Bible hope, and that's anchored hope. It's not wishful thinking. It's not hope like the rest of the world. And in second week, we talked about hope against hope. Abraham, the Bible says Abraham hoped against hope. What does that mean? In other words, he had this expectancy from God, hope, in face of a seemingly hopeless situation. Anybody ever been up against a seemingly hopeless? Wives, don't look at your husbands. I'm not talking about your husbands, right? Although I was pretty hopeless when we first connected, and she's still praying for me. But hope against hope means, you know, I'm hoping, I'm, I've got God and I've got expectancy, but what I'm hoping for, it looks like there's no hope. Listen, we talked about how do you hope against hope. So if you missed that, you can go to our website. The podcast is there. You can catch it. It's free. I think every single one of us have an area in our life where we're hoping against hope or we want to with God's help. And then uh, we also talked about guarding hope, guarding hope. It's so important that we learn how to guard hope with the authority of God's word. Pastor David Millette talked about guarding hope last week. The enemy, he only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he's after the seed of promise. He's after the promise from the word of God. Why? Because God's word brings hope. It brings this confident, joyful expectation. So if you want to get your hopes up, you got to keep bringing in the promises of God, bringing in the word of God. But you got to know every time you do that, the enemy's going to try to snatch that seed of the word of God from your life. So you got to learn how to guard hope. Well, today, new material. The title of our message today is Hope Eternal. Come on, say it with me. Hope eternal. I want to start by telling you a story about our eternal hope. Believers, Christians, have a hope that is eternal. If you're not a believer, if you haven't received Jesus, all of your hope, first of all, could be limited to wishful thinking. Second of all, it's temporary at best, not eternal. Believers have an eternal hope. Listen to this. An anxious person asked his pastor for an explanation of death and our hope for heaven. The pastor replied by telling this story. One day a man took his little daughter with him on a visit to a village some far distance away. And along the road they came to a swift river which was spanned by a rickety old bridge. But it was daylight and the father and daughter made the crossing without a problem. It wasn't until dusk that they finished their business and began their journey home. As the little girl began to think of the river and the rickety old bridge, she became frightened. How would they ever be able to cross over that turbulent water using that old rickety bridge in the dark? His father, noticing her anxiety, lifted her up into his strong arms and comforted her. Immediately, her fear subsided And before she knew it, she was fast asleep on her father's shoulder. As the sun of a new day streamed through the window of her bedroom, the little girl awoke and discovered that she was safe and sound, nestled in her own bed. Death 
and our eternal hope in heaven is like that, said the pastor. If we fall asleep in the arms of our Savior, then we can be confident that we will awake in our Father's house. Can you say amen? We have an eternal hope of heaven. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 says this, listen, this hope, confident, joyful expectation in Jesus, we have as an anchor of the soul. What is your soul? It's your inner person, but it includes your mind, your will, and your emotions. How many of you know we need an anchor for our mind, our will, and our emotions? Notice what it says about this anchor of hope. It says it's both sure and steadfast. In other words, it can't slip. It won't break down no matter how much pressure is under. And it says this, it enters the presence of God behind the veil. That refers to Jesus, our anchor of hope. He's right now in the presence of Father God on your behalf, on my behalf, behind the veil, the holy of holies, so to speak, where only our high priest Jesus can be. And he's there for us. And he is our hope eternal. We, we got to remember that Bible hope, listen again, it's this confident, joyful expectation based on the person and work and promises of Jesus Christ. It's not just this shoot in the dark, hope I make it, wishful thinking. No, no, no. It's confident. It's joyful. It's an expectation. It's based on the person and the promises of Jesus Christ. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. It's important to know this too. Bible hope isn't determined by your personal finances. It's not determined by your economic status or where you live or how nice your house is. It's not based on nationality. It's not based on your circumstances. The Bible says that there is hope for today, hope for tomorrow, and hope for eternity. And it's available to everyone who puts their personal faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Amen. It's so important that we root that down in our hearts. Now, let me ask you this. Did you know that God wants you to have a hope that goes beyond your natural earthly existence? Beyond your natural earthly existence. He wants us to have an anchored, immovable hope in Christ for every area of our life. Don't get me wrong. He wants you to have this immovable hope for your finances, for your children, for your future, for your career, for your family, for your relationships, your health, all of that. He cares and he wants you to have this Bible hope for that. But more important than that, he wants you to have this hope eternal. This hope that's not just limited to and only thinking about our temporary natural earthly existence. Can you say amen? He cares about our eternity and hope that we have in our eternity. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. We got a few verses here. Let me say this. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. Listen. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied. Now, the Greek translation, if you read the definition, it literally means miserable. We're, we're a miserable bunch if our hope is limited 
to this natural earthly existence. The message puts the same verse this way. Listen, if all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, we're a pretty sorry lot. I like the message. It just tells it like it is. It's real easy to understand. So for the rest of our time this morning, real quickly, I want to give you three things that you need to know about a Christian's hope. These are in your study guide. Uh, you can also get that study guide electronically if you want to. But the first one is this, if you can mark it or pay attention to this. Number one, our hope is eternal, not temporal. Would you say it with me, church? Come on. Our hope is eternal, not temporal. We have to be so careful not to be deceived into limiting our hope to this temporary, tangible earthly existence because everything outside of Christ is fading away. James chapter 4, verse 14, the back half says this. Listen, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a time, a little time, and then vanishes away. That's, that's referring to your, your earthly life, the, the, the number of years that you have. We have to keep that in light of eternity. Yes, God has made us promises that pertain to life here on earth, but we're to be anchored in this eternal hope of eternal life with God. Amen? Uh, in the last, I would say within a 90-day period, I've had to do, or I'm, I'm going to be doing by next week, four memorial services. One was for a 40-year-old man. One was for a 44-year-old man. One this Wednesday is going to be for a 34-year-old woman. And one this last weekend was for a 61-year-old man that I've known for 30 years. All too young. Why do I bring that up? I bring that up because it's so important that we focus our hearts and our minds on an eternal hope. Eternity is what matters in the long run. Listen to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, meaning our physical body, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked, or we won't be spirits without bodies. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed without a body, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. That's eternal life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. That's a down payment. We have a taste of heaven by the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. It's a partial down payment for what we will step into when we step into hope eternally in heaven with God. I want to read to you just an excerpt from Billy Graham. Anybody ever heard of Billy Graham? This is from one of his books. He says, I was in another country at one time and I was invited to have lunch with a man who materially speaking had everything this world could offer, but no hope. In fact, he expressed to me how he could buy anything he wanted. 
He had traveled extensively in business. Everything he touched seemed to turn to gold. And yet in his own words, he said, I'm a miserable old man with no real hope doomed to die. Billy Graham goes on and he says, I looked through the beautiful old windows at the snow falling gently on the manicured lawn and thoughts about others like him who had expressed to me similar thoughts about the emptiness of life without God, the meaningless of life for a man who has everything to live with but nothing to live for. My attention came back to me when I heard him say, I've asked you here today to tell me about the Bible and to talk to me about Jesus. Do you think it's too late, Billy? Is there still hope for me? My father and mother were strong believers in God, and they often prayed for me. Billy said the verse from Luke 12, 15 tells us, not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. We read every day about the rich, the famous, the talented, who are disillusioned. Many of them, they're turning to drugs, alcohol, or Eastern religions. Some of them turning to crime. The questions they thought were answered are left dangling. What is man? Where did he come from? What is his purpose on earth? Is there hope for him after this life? The man asked Billy again, do you think it's too late? Is there still hope for me? Wow. I don't know how people make it without a relationship with God. I would suggest that each of us consider this question. How should hope eternal impact my everyday living? And the answer is found in the second truth I want to share with you right now. Here it is. Our eternal hope should determine our passions, priorities, and pursuits. We made that easy. Three Ps. You got it? Come on, say it with me. Our eternal hope should determine our passions, priorities, and pursuits. Our eternal hope gives us both the perspective and ability to enjoy the temporary stuff we have here on earth and help us live with aim, with purpose, with right priorities, with our pursuits and our passions in alignment and submitted to God the Father in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, the enemy's gonna do whatever he can to get you to move your passions, to move your priorities, to move your pursuits off of your relationship with God. Some of you might be thinking, Pastor Robert, you know, I mean, you're a pastor. I mean, you're supposed to say that. Uh, you know, I'm just a regular guy. I, I've got a wife. I've got a career. You know, I've got a family. You know, i got bills. Listen, let me, let, me, let me tell you from a pastor's heart, okay? If you would learn, if we would learn to align our passions and our pursuits and our priorities under God's will for our lives, all of those other things that are a concern to you, God will help you with those. Come on, how many of you know Matthew 6.33? But seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, his way of living and doing, 
And what's the promise? And all these other things that people are concerned about will be added to you. Amen? Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, this isn't for the faint of heart. Jesus said, narrow is the way that leads to life and few find it. Broad is the way that leads to destruction and many will go in by it. Listen, it takes some discipline. It, it takes a willingness to submit your heart and your life and your will under the Father. But can I just tell you, when you do that, things begin to work. Things begin to click. The favor of God, the blessing of God, the power of God in your marriages, in your relationship with your kids, in your finances, in your career, in your future, in your ministry, the things that God has for you, you begin to step into them and experiencing them. I would rather have God in my life in a partnership limited to his will and what he wants me to do than to just be broadly doing everything that my personal life wants to do and not have God in that. Amen? I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I just want to encourage you. Man, if we could learn to align our passions. I'm passionate about fishing. I love to go fishing. The night before I go fishing, my wife can't sleep. Because I'm fishing already in my sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this in my sleep. And she's like, come on, just hold it off till the morning. I can't sleep. I'm up. I'm early. Four o'clock. I want to get out there, be the first one on the water. Like there's not going to be any fish. I'm, I got to be the first one. Why? I'm, I'm passionate. I'm, I know you're passionate about something. But even that, let me tell you, I don't go fishing on Sunday mornings. Well, you can't. You're a pastor. Uh, way before I was a pastor. I just made, we made a decision for 30 years. We're going to be in God's house on Sunday morning. Doesn't mean we don't ever miss. I'm not trying to be legalistic. All I'm trying to do is encourage you. Hope eternal. We learn to put our passions and our priorities and our pursuits in alignment with God. And when we do that, life works better. Can I say, um, somebody say amen. amen. It just works better. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 and 10, it says this. Therefore, we make it our aim whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For, listen, for or because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now let me pause, okay? The judgment seat of Christ, that's the, that's the Bema seat, B-E-M-A. The Bema seat is where um, a judge sits and he gives out awards or he gives out rewards. It's actually taken from that. It's a picture of a judge at the Olympic Games. He sits up high on the Bema seat, the judgment seat, and he watches the runners come in, first, second, third place, so on and so forth. And then he gives awards, he gives rewards. And so judgment seat here doesn't determine your salvation. If you're already saved, you're in. Somebody say Amen. Yeah, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But this is a place where believers give an account for their lives and the way they lived it to Christ. It's for believers whose salvation has already been eternally secured by faith in Jesus. But it is a time when God will give us awards or rewards according to the work that we did for Christ 
with eternal purpose and priority. Can somebody say amen? You're working for something in heaven. You'll be rewarded, awarded for it. So it's important. Our passions, our pursuits, our priorities, we're lining them up with God. doesn't mean we're at church every single week, uh, five days a week. It doesn't mean we do anything crazy. But God is central. He's central in our life. That's why the Bible says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. All who have loved his appearing. We could say, have lived with this eternal hope in view and finished strong and finished well. It's hard to believe. Think about this. It's hard to believe naturally speaking. But the apostle Paul was full of joy when he thought about his dying and passing from this life to the next. And naturally, it's hard to it's hard to put that together, but listen to what he says in Philippians 1, 21 through 23. He says, for to me to live is Christ, and to die, come on, say it with me, is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this natural body, this natural existence, this will mean fruit from my labor. There's going to be reward and award for my laboring for Christ, yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell, for I'm hard-pressed between the two. What's between the two? Dying and living. He's hard-pressed between dying and living. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ in eternity, which is far better. Wow. I want to have that kind of an attitude, don't you? Uh, we want to have that kind of an attitude, right? We don't really die. We just move addresses, amen? We go from whatever street you're on to 777 Golden Street, Heaven's Way, amen? And we're just translated, and we're going to be in the presence of Jesus. You know, I don't think everybody thinks that way. What's worse, let me just be lovingly honest, okay? I just want to be lovingly honest. Not everybody R.I.P.'s. What does RIP mean? Not, not everybody does, folks. You know that, right? Why, why, why am I bringing that up? I'm bringing that up because our culture, just humanity in general, we want to think the best when our loved ones passed away. We want to think the best for them when someone, a friend of ours, passes away. But the truth from the scripture says that not everyone goes to heaven. That's why hope eternal is so important for you and I. And as messengers of the good news of Jesus Christ, amen. Not everyone goes to heaven. And it's not true if we just think like everyone goes to heaven because the Bible says it's not the case, right? So we need to fix our eyes on beyond this natural temporary existence. I think the Bible says somewhere in Psalms that in the eyes of God, it's a beautiful thing that one of his saints passes away from this life to the next. He, he sees it as a beautiful thing because 
they're immediately ushered into the presence of the Lord. How, how can we live with joy about death? How, how can we live with this kind of supernatural joy that Paul talks about? I, I believe that it's by realizing this. You ready? Here's the third thing I want to share. Our joy comes from our hope of eternity with him. See, heaven isn't heaven without him. Heaven is only heaven because of him. He's what makes heaven heaven. Amen? It's Jesus. The joy of our salvation is not only in what Jesus has done and will do for us, but rather in our eternal relationship with him in heaven. Can you say amen? This is not about religion. This is about a relationship with Jesus forever and ever and ever. You know what I'd like to do before I read this last scripture? Because we are so blessed today to have Amy and Philip and Mallory. I'm going to have them come to the platform. And we're going to sing one more time together. And we're just going to kind of seal our gathering together with a worship song. I'm not touching anything. I don't know if you are, but sometimes technology acts up a little bit, right? So as they're preparing, we're going we're gonna to sing one more worship song, and I'm going to leave that up to you, whatever one you want to do that we've done already. Let me read this to you. Our joy comes from our hope of eternity with him. Listen, 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4. All of these Bible verses, they're in your study guide. These are good Bible verses. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten or caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, in other words, it won't decay, and undefiled, free from contamination, and that does not fade away, listen, reserved in heaven for you. How are you living? How am I living? Are we living with hope eternal? Or are we living with just natural, everyday, limited, to this world kind of hope? God wants us to have hope. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.